Welcome, everybody, to another fun-filled episode of Mostly AV. Uh, I am Jerry Gallegos, and our hostess with the mostest is right here, Michelle Lorette. Hey, Jerry. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Welcome back. Thanks. Um, I survived. No coronavirus for me. There you go. That's awesome. Um, so, in today's episode, uh, it's we're bringing back uh, inter- live interviews from ISC in the show floor. Yeah, so. it was a lot of fun. We uh, we had a uh, a special reporter, uh, first time podcaster Kate Calderon. She is a master AV marketer out of Orlando, Florida, and like myself, she was self funding to actually go to ISC. And the more I thought about it, the more I said, "Hey, Kate, do you want to help?" Because you know, I could I could use all the help I can get, as you know very well. So. <laughs> Uh, so thankfully she agreed and um, we we had a good time. Uh, she also had an opportunity to do some video interviews for one of the um, mm-hmm. AV publications as well. So that Excellent. was nice. That's how she kicked it off. And then we did a special AV mashup with the entire team at the AVGM UK podcast. And oh, excellent! Yeah, the, it, it was a lot of fun. It was chaos, but fun. And um, right. yeah, it's it's a wonderful memory. So yeah, we, as a uh, proper show should be. Absolutely, That's absolutely. Right. <laughs> All right. So we are starting off. Uh, the first interview is with David Danto. Uh, David works for Polly. He is also. Um, Kind of a big force in the industry, I would say. He's been around for a long time. He's the Director of Emerging Technologies for the Interactive Multimedia and Collaborative Communications Alliance, IMCCA, nonprofit industry. Uh, they do a, a show every year that uh, just wrapped up last week. He also does the ITAV report for Sound and Communications magazine. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we, we met up. He uh, They were kind enough to sponsor Polly the AV Tweeps meetup in Amsterdam. So that was kind of neat. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they took care of the group there. And uh, he and I sat down and he kind of gave me some of his views, not necessarily on Polly. Uh, he just happens to work there right now. But right. Uh, but just in general. In general. Uh, as, yeah. as a guy who's been around the block and knows what he's talking about. So uh, it was a good one. I hope everybody enjoys it. Excellent. Without further ado. Here it is. Hello, this is Michelle Lorette with the Mostly AV Podcast, and I am here with David Danto. For listeners that don't know who David is, you've been living under a rock. Um, I met David through the Twitters, um, where he often participates in AV and the AM, and he's a subject matter expert. He's been around for a long time. He's done consulting. He's worked directly with a lot of manufacturers, and um, he kind of has that very nice... 10 to 30,000 foot view of the industry. Uh, he resides out of New Jersey, where he is known as New Jersey David on Twitter. Um, and so we're sitting today to find out what's going on. Hey, David, how are you? I am terrific. Glad to be in Amsterdam. Glad to be at my first ISE. That's hilarious. So it is nice to be in Amsterdam. Possibly, well, they might come back at some point. I guess next year is Ola Barcelona. Um, now, what role are you now? You, who are you with now, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners? No problem. Um, I, uh, I, am, uh, I work with Polly uh, for about a year now. I'm Polly's director of UC Strategy and Research, um, which is an interesting role that they created for me. It was originally called an evangelist, but Polly has some terrific evangelists, and that really wasn't what I do. I'm, I'm really the guy to make sure that what the users in the industry need and what we're making 
have a good connection and a linkage. It's bad for engineers to be sitting in a black room with no windows thinking their competition is one company and then they try and sell that product and it's not what the industry needs. So I'm responsible for that. I, I manage our, our uh, customer advisory boards. I uh, uh, stay involved in, in print and journal. And I do wear a lot of hats in the industry. I'm, I'm the director of emerging technology for the IMCCA, so I'm still doing that nonprofit. Um, I'm the editor of the ITAV report for sound and communications. And, and I do most of that other stuff completely agnostically, but it's good to have a knowledge of what's going on in the industry because that helps me in my day job as well. When don't you think it's better? I mean, I, th I find the industry more rewarding the more you participate, whether that's giving back or, you know, just being part of the conversation. Uh, I, I just think it's more meaningful that way. I know you also are often a guest speaker, right? I, I see you on a lot of panels at various things. Um, I, th I think you do some AV Nation stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, a lifetime ago, geez, when I say it, it sounds really bad. Four decades ago, when I got my start in the industry, um, that really sounds shitty. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the, it's, my, um, it's my podcast, so we cuss. Okay, we fine. There fight. you go. Um, the, the, I learned, I, 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 in college, um, in high school, I was on the AV squad. Okay. So I, I was already technical at that point. In college, I took theater, film, and broadcasting, so I had a wide range of the production arts. But I learned television engineering from a fellow engineer, not from a class. Yeah. And when I went in to do some work and I said, what are you doing? He opened up the kimono and he showed me everything he was doing. I learned how to be a broadcast engineer, not from a school, but from a great fellow engineer, really terrific guy. And throughout my career, the best people that I worked with, I'm going somewhere with this, yeah. the best people that I worked with are the ones that share their knowledge. So when I started to become a professional and did things and, and went out as a consultant and, and worked with other companies, I'm exactly the same way. Anybody who wants to know what I'm doing, I don't hide that knowledge. I try and educate. You know, now we say send the elevator back down. Yeah. Make sure that you're good to people, golden rule, do it and do unto others as you would have them do with sure. you. And that's helped me grow in my career to stay involved. I'm happy to teach. I'm happy to make sure that all the companies agnostically that participate in um, in in the collaboration space get their voice, even if they're my competitors, yeah. as long as we're not selling, as long as we're educating, we're all doing the right thing for the industry. So what do you think in terms, I, you see, always seemed very adjacent, right, for a long time, and now it seems like everybody wants to partner, everybody wants to be, you know, in, able to integrate with Teams, able to integrate with Zoom, is there a Slack play, how, how did this happen, how did this evolution come? Well. The, the, the truth is, and what I wish our AV industry people would be telling us, because I've been talking about it for six or seven years now, is that the traditional AV industry is shrinking. Now, I don't just say that as an outsider. I say that a guy who's, who's threaded 16 millimeter projectors, and I know what a Kinderman is, and I've, I've, I've cut my teeth in the industry. You know, with, with like nine mergers last week, you know, I'm exaggerating only slightly, only we, are, slightly we, we are in a shrinking industry, and collaboration is exploding because you collaborate from wherever you are. I used to have, and this is funny, and it's true right now, if you emailed me at my poly address, you would get a reply that says, this is a delayed message, I'm traveling, but I'm not out of office because my office is wherever I am. Sure. And that's how we all work now, on the train, in the yeah. airport, I work from home all the time. So the AV industry has started to embrace that as a growing field. Um, plus or minus how they're handling it and whether or not they work with organizations that help curate that knowledge and expertise. It's something that a lot of people are interested in only because the numbers. A yeah. um, lot of opportunity here. Well, 
and I, I wonder, I, I feel like sometimes the, um, our, integrate, our integration channel, the integrators, sometimes they tend to be their own worst enemy. I mean, I get that nobody wants to change. Change is hard, right? But at some point, something has to evolve. So uh, you're familiar with the fact that I was representing a software platform for many, many years. And I still am, actually. I'm doing some consulting for yet another software platform. Um, and just for me to, to talk to my integration partners, um, these are people that like me. These are my friends. And to watch their eyes glaze over, you know. And, and like, some of them get it. Those would be my better friends. Um, and then others, n not so much. And it, just a little bit of, well, this is the way things have always been. And we don't want to change. And I'm like, yeah, but here's the problem. When I go talk to an end user, they get it right away. So, you know. Look, I, I don't need you to help pull me through, but I'm going to drag you into this because I need a partner because we don't sell direct. You know what I mean? We go through the channel. So, but here's the problem. When I go tee this up and the end user says they want it and then I engage you, now I own you because you owe me one because I'm the one that really drove this and I'm here giving it, putting a big bow on it and handing it to you. But, you know, it's a partnership. It needs to go both ways. Why do you think people are so averse to software because I don't know you see where I'm going with this it's right? it's 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 you know you're gonna make me drag out my soapbox and and say things that I probably shouldn't say but the industry needs to hear I'll send you a link later if you go back to a presentation I gave at collaborate an infocom show it's in, in Silicon Valley yes. I call this a freight train you know the light at the end of the tunnel is a freight train coming for our, our industry uh -huh. it's software based the the hang and bang integration oh my god did we have such an excess in terms of you know, programming for touch panels that weren't needed, adding audio DSPs in a room where they weren't needed, it, marking them up 50, 60, 70%, you know, and, and I said, guys, you're forcing people to do other things. It's yeah. coming, and now we're there right now. Yeah. And it's a shame because AV end users and IT end users need integrators. Absolutely. Where we had the problem, if you remember like three years ago, four years ago, that people thought if they stuck a little webcam on top of a flat panel, they'd have a conference room. And that worked if there were three or four or five people, but as soon as you have a 20, 30 person room, it didn't work, but they didn't care. The people in the room don't know, only the far end knows. Um, we're doing that again right now. We've got a couple of new entrants into the, the collaboration industry from people that have been in the industry before, but they've started a new company, and their model is ignoring the channel. They want it to be direct sale, direct order, um, you know, 1-800 operators are standing by, go to our website. Is that wrong? Well, if, if, what, if, if the one flavor of product they're selling is what you need, and you're in the right side room, fabulous. But what happens when people think, I'm just going to order one of these for every room, and there was no integrator or, or, or anyone in the channel to be able to say, Proper guidance. these 15 rooms, yeah, you're fine, it's terrific. But these five, you put that in, you're going to suffer, it's terrible. We need the channel to be able to say, here are the things that you can do, and I'm not going to overcharge you for them, and I'm not going to gouge you, but you need my expertise on the other ones. We need it to turn, get IT expertise, get honesty, stop gouging, yeah. get rid of the, the, the architect to AV consultant to integrator, you know, backroom handshake, smoky room model. And as an industry, you're right, more companies just folded up the tent and then made the pivot. And we as an industry, rather than saying, oh great, look at all the experiences we do, we should have been warning integrators, folks, make this pivot, because if you don't, you're going to be bought out or you're going to close. 
Well, now, okay, tell me if you agree with this. It's um, like coming from the structured cabling world, so voice and data, right? I have plenty of friends that were, you know, uh, voice people. Data people, by the way, think that they're better than voice people. It's hilarious. There's always a pecking order in everything, right? And so this was when Tamburg was still in existence, right? So it was all Polycom and Tamburg. Those were the ones. And life-size came around, right? So life-size came on board, and as a non-AV professional at the time, I thought life size was great. Um, I really didn't know if they had quality issues. It sounded fine to me. It looked okay to me. What the heck did I know, right? I wasn't even a Skype user at that point. Um, it didn't work very well then. But the industry did not embrace life size. Everybody was like, you're not Polycom, you're not Tambor, go away. So as a result, life size kind of took a sideward. They still wanted the channel, but the channel was not giving them any love whatsoever. They weren't an insider. They weren't the cool kids, if you will, you know. And I saw them go a lot towards telephony dealers and other types of inst installation people trying to get that traction. Um, and sometimes even going direct. Uh, did you see that? I mean... Well, the, there are companies that have launched <clears throat> in the last decade that were embraced by integrators. Um, new companies. So being new isn't a problem. You want to build a product that's reliable, that, that the integrator can sell and work with everything else that they're doing and embrace the channel distribution. Some companies do that really well. Yeah. Some companies don't do that really well. We at Poly are competing with some really outstanding firms. We're competing with Logitech. We're competing with Cisco. We're competing with Crestron to a certain extent. And I have great friends at all of those companies. Yeah. They're, all, they're um, all great companies. But what I ask people to do is ignore the marketing, ignore our marketing, ignore yeah. the hype, look at the gear. Look at it in person and if you can't look at it in person, go to YouTube and look at the videos, look at the comparisons. Anybody can launch a product and if the product doesn't work well and it's not reliable, the channel's not going to push it and, and, and integrators are not going to try and integrate with it so the only choice the company has is to go to non, a non-traditional path. Something, but yeah. but if you're building a reliable product, people will tell you they love it. You'll see YouTube videos that, yeah. that compare it, and and then you'll hopefully be able to work with channel partners to help you install it. Yeah, I do think there is opportunity. You're right. The industry doesn't necessarily ice you out because you're new. I mean, if it's a good product, it's a good product. I know um, Nancy Knowlton, right? When she they started Nureva, Nureva has some good products, you know, and she already had a legacy and a background, right? Going back to the smart days. So I. Yeah, I like watching people kind of evolve, you know, and, and you know, we were just talking about one of your friends uh, that had a company that was, uh, well, was Revo Labs, you told me, right? And then sold, to, created another company that got acquired by Bose and stuff. It's a small, small industry, but I like that people are still wanting that type of innovation. So what do you think is going to be tomorrow's new thing? What, what's, what's on the horizon for what we're doing now? Sure. Well, well, we're we're in a new decade, uh, the the twenties, the roaring twenties. I know. And um, I like that. And roaring again, and we're at the just starting part of of AI um, and machine learning in some of these technologies. And it's not really necessarily Big Brother-ish, and it's not necessarily just voice control, although voice control and facial recognition, all that comes along with it as well. It's having boxes that are smart enough to do the things that you don't have to do anymore because they know what to do. Here's a great example. If you take a look at the um, the Poly Studio, and within a, you know, a month, the next software update, the Poly Studio X30 and the X50, if you walk into a room 
it will know you walked into the room, and it'll frame the shot for you. I saw the video. I, I can't tell you how many times I've done video calls on the far end, interviewing people, and I have a shot of their legs under the table. Because they either don't know how to move their camera, they don't know they shouldn't move their camera, yeah. they don't like the control of the camera, they're afraid uh -huh. to touch it. Why should anybody have to frame a camera now? The camera frames itself. Yeah. If there are two people talking really quickly, like if you and I are going back and forth, yeah. it can do a split screen and a two shot now. I saw that. I, I thought that was a very interesting stylistic choice uh, when y'all are for the back and forth. Well, it's a, user, it's, it's, a, it's a user function that you can turn on and off. Right, right. You can set it just for group framing as well. But that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. The, the, the I do love it, and I did see the video of it, and I liked that it would do a slow pan and would also do quick right. back and forth. But then again, I was a fan of the director, uh, the two right. camera system. The first time, and I, I was introduced that. to that back in 2011, and I think it had already been around for at least a year or two. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, this is to me just the next. It's very, Polycom was the first company to have that. It's very and, poly of them. Right? Yes. it is very Polycom of them to have this this type of product that is so unique and different. And you can think about where the technology is going. You're going to have these smarter cameras, yeah. super high resolution. I mean, yeah. there are theaters in the world now that are building um, across the edge of their balcony. They're putting in these ultra high resolution cameras uh -huh. and just recording everything. And then they'll cut a video of a concert later just by taking pieces of the video frame. So, you know, we have a 4K camera, you get to 8K camera, yeah. Lord knows what the resolution is going to be later. So you can cut two frames within that image. It's going to be smart about doing that. The, the noise block that we now have on our system, which is the idea it recognizes uh, potato chip crinkling or dogs barking or yeah. typing on a keyboard, if it hears that, it mutes the audio. That's terrific. I'm glad that it mutes it, but it also mutes if you're talking, and if you're talking, it doesn't mute it anymore, so the noise comes through. Yeah. Machine learning is very sh shortly going to be able to filter the typing and let your talking keep coming through. Yeah. So we're right at the edge of all those smarter things happening, and it's a great time to be in the industry exploding. People keep talking about the rooms that don't have systems, yeah. and people at home wearing headsets and traveling. That's why you're seeing a lot of companies get into the business, because there's a lot of opportunity. Well, and I, active electronics is fun, quite frankly. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I came from structured cabling, yawn, uh, you know, and I, I know a lot of great people that have their RCDDs. My husband is one of them, but okay. it just, it wasn't very exciting. And being in AV and watching it kind of come full circle, sure. you know, I mean, I went from layer one girl, structure cabling, to not being on the network, and now I've just leapfrogged them. And we're like at layer three, and I'm like, God, this is awesome. And seeing the advances, like you said. It's now the Tesla model. It's now we're going to sell you this product. Yeah. It's a fabulous product, and it's only going to get better with each software update. Yeah. We introduced at this show PolyLens, uh -huh. which is going to be our new platform management for managing devices. Oh, nice. So today it'll tell you what do you have, is it on, is it working, just like you would expect a management platform to be. Yes. Tomorrow, I mean this year, within a few software upgrades, it'll tell you what's in the room. Nice. You, have, you have nine chairs. You have 20 people and, and only 10 chairs, so 10 people are standing. Yeah. Later on, it's going to be able to tell you, you know what? 80% of the people in the room were engaged and looking, 20% were bored. Half were happy, half were sad. Uh -huh. So all those, what do we want to learn? What analytics do we want to come up with? Yeah. That's more of a social thing than a technical thing. But like I said, we're right on the cusp now yeah. of all these AI features coming in. It's going to be fun to watch where the software goes. And once it gets aggregated. No, I agree. And I, uh, I had done a tour of the Harmon booth back when they still did a booth at Infocom, but on bum. Yeah. Uh, that was for you kids. Um, but 
They have a booth here. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Why all the shade in the U.S.? It's hilarious. But it was interesting because they, um, one of the things they showed was this, uh, it was like an AI for retail, right? And so it literally showed me a map of where I walked within their booth as if right. it was a retail store. It came up with my age and it was very generous by about five to seven years. So I was like, I'll take that. It's generous for the demo. It's uh, not right, really. I know, either. right? In real life, they probably knew better, but you know, it knew what sex I was. It knew, you know, it did a capture. And I was like, I just, I was so fascinated with that, you know, and that was three years ago, two years ago, two years ago. So, um, and they were showing some voice control stuff for hospitals and hotels, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I know, and I just, I love that. I, I like seeing, now I disagree about voice first. I can't, I don't know, in, in my market I just, you know, the oil and gas companies are so, so, so conservative. It's almost like, you know, well, you know, you've had a lot of uh, financial companies that you've done work with over the many, many yeah. years. So there's certain industries where certain things are just a no-no. It's, it's not going to be something widely rolled out to the enterprise yeah. until it's on-prem, yeah. until it doesn't go to the cloud. Yes. And, and I've seen companies that are doing that, but it's still a ways off. It's a custom, more of a custom thing, right? Yeah. Well, not once somebody has it, then it's yeah. going to be, you can just install it on-prem and understand the keywords. Yeah. But it's also, it's... You know, we, we, we do facial recognition to do those shots. Yeah. It's not just who's talking. That's how the, the eagle eye director used to, you know, right. with the audio. Now it's looking for eyes and a mouth. Yes. And, and so you're going to see more and more of that. And the users will have to decide what's great versus what's creepy. Right. It's, it's not going to be something that everybody's going to want, but really good stuff coming in the very near future. See, when I worked for an integrator, we used to have Monday morning calls, right, video calls right. with the entire company. So there was like eight divisions, and I would intentionally sit in the very front of the room because I did not want to be on camera. And we had a very old polycom system that didn't have a, like a very large, you know, viewing angle yep. to it. Um, so I would be the one like, no, I don't want that. I don't want it. I, I'm just here. I like when you're able to hold something in front of your mouth and have it not go to you, so you can still have like an offline type, you know, conversation maybe with your neighbor or make a comment and not have it go. Uh, you know what? Mouth. Honestly, I think that's changing. Do you? Um, uh, more and more, you know, as Gen Y, Gen Z, the millennial, you know, as, yeah. as it's because then picture this. And this is a joke I like to tell, um, or a funny story I like to tell. Someone gets up in the morning at 7 a.m. Uh -huh. They shower, they dress, they make themselves look pretty, they leave the house, they wave to the neighbors, they, they take a train into work, they're on the train, they're talking with people, everybody's there. They get a cup of coffee, the person who gets them the coffee looks at them, says, oh, I know what you want, you want it light and sweet, we're going to give yeah. you the coffee. They go to the office and say, hey, hi, everybody. And then they block the camera because they don't want anybody seeing what they look like. Right. How ridiculous is that? No. Everybody's already looking at yeah, you. I know. You know, it's, 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 you know the, the term that Tanberg used to use is NVR, not video ready. Yeah. You're home, you're not feeling well, you're doing your coworkers a favor by not getting them sick, fine. You're not video ready, keep the camera off. Yeah. I hate to tell you how many conference calls, I have a, a, a lot of colleagues around the world at weird times. So if I'm getting ready for bed, or if I'm, you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, sometimes I'm not video ready. But every time I can, I share the video because everybody knows what I look like already. It makes it more meaningful, because I've had that before, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, we're doing a, a webinar, if you will, but not a webinar Zoom call. And, you know, we're trying to demo something, and right. it's like, can you please turn on your camera? The engineers don't like to turn their cameras on. They're camera averse. It's aging out. It is aging out though yeah I do see that well this has been so interesting and fun I really appreciate your time tell people where they can find you and find out uh, more about poly products 
Um, well, the, the website is uh, poly.com, P-O-L-Y.com. Um, the best way to find out about me is just Google me. <laughs> uh, type, in, type in David Danto or David J. Danto. Um, I keep all my blogs and everything else that I do on my personal website, danto.info. Um, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm all over the freaking place. So. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hope, hope you have a great rest of the show. You too. Thanks very much. All right. Well, let's, let's give David a much thanks for his input. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he, he's great. always got a lot of good stuff to share. So uh, he's a character. Um, yeah. But I like that. I like people that have a have an opinion, quite that's, frankly. Yeah, that's, that's what keep things, keeps things fun for us. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. Absolutely. And he can be controversial, too. So I, I like people that are willing to stir it up. Well, yeah. No Call one. it like they see it, whatever you, you know. That's I think why we that's, hang out. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're in this industry. That's right. So, yeah. So, uh, the next interview was, uh, was it sure, with one of my favorite people, Peter Her. He is in charge of marketing for them. Uh, he handles Sure Systems as well as many other things. He's also a musician. Um, I love Peter. They are our sponsor, actually. They provided all of our microphones that's for right. all the recordings. So, we always appreciate their love and support. I did have the opportunity to also be on the same airport plane with them on the way over so uh once i hit philadelphia i was on the airplane and all all these shore people started flooding in so that was very nice and uh very synergistic if excellent, you will. excellent actually speaking of sponsors um it's not really a sponsor of the show but i do want to give a big shout out to audio technica who has now supplied me with a fresh set of uh nice m50 uh, head, headphones for the podcast thank you uh, so. audio technica that's right. nice yes yeah. Well, and also I, I want to say this uh, this show for sure <laughs> for sure was a really important show. They had spent over five years developing a pure software DSP, um, which is something I've been waiting on forever. Um, I see lots of use cases, lots of amazing applications for it. Uh, I. I thought Byant might do it first, but sure, uh, beat them to the punch. Right. And um, I, I think it it really does signal a, a change, um, that continuing evolution in our industry, right. moving away from uh, maybe fixed purpose boxes. And um, I'm really proud of them. So it's pretty exciting. And they, they get to be the, the pioneers on that. There you go. Yeah. So. Well, they're a big company, so oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, here's um, our interview with uh, Shore. Hello and welcome to the Mostly AV Podcast. It's Michelle Lorette and I am here with Peter Herr with the one, the only, Shore. Hey Peter, how are you doing? Great, Michelle. How are Wonderful you? to see you again. We were on the same flight coming over we for ISC. That went really well via Philadelphia. Uh, so we've made it here. We're doing good. Y'all had a big, big announcement yesterday. We did indeed. That you had teased about yep. prior, right? Like a lot of people do. Yep. And I was very excited. Would you mind sharing with sure, our listeners sure. what this announcement was? Yeah, so um, we basically launched uh, our software-based DSP in Telemix Room. Mm -hmm. And the premise behind it is basically a high-quality uh, DSP that can be installed on any Windows 10 PC, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's a client that you also are running Zoom or Microsoft Teams uh -huh. in your conference rooms. Yeah. And it really is designed to integrate smoothly and totally seamlessly with our conferencing microphones like the MXA 910 ceiling yeah. array, the 310 table array. Um, so 
basically, you know, we're taking the, the next, uh, I think the tagline that we've used is the next step in DSP is no box at all. So there's no exactly. proprietary hardware with this. It basically can be put anywhere you need it to be. Well, um, and that's incredible because I've been wondering why nobody has done this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an AV Nostradamus. I just play one on TV. But no, I have because I've been in the software world. Right, I right, was working right. with Utelogy. I'm working with a digital signage company now. And they're sure. all, all SaaS, all software. And right. it just seemed to make sense. Yeah. It's, it is the next generation. It's a, it's a natural next step, and it's something that um, I think we've been we've been working on it for a long time. Yeah, how long did it take to develop? Maybe you don't say, mind my No, I would say this is probably four to five years in the making. Wow. Um, and That's the Intellimix awesome. DSP kind of suite, which is basically a assembly of like best-in-class auto, um, uh, automatic mixing, acoustic yeah. echo cancellation, noise reduction, and automatic gain control. That like cocktail of right. those four features really makes sure that the, the the audio that's captured with the microphone and processed through the through a you know video codec or whatever yeah. your software is or whatever your whatever your video conferencing experience is, that Intellimix DSP suite is all about. Um, you know, basically fine-tuning that that audio so it's best in class. So yeah. you basically have like high-quality, echo-free, noise-free audio that's directly into your codec and you're off and running. So, um, and I think moving that into the software domain really allows for a lot of flexibility with the evolution of things like, you know, the growth of Zoom, for yes. instance. Yes, oh, absolutely. The growth absolutely. of Microsoft Teams and mm -hmm. um, even, even some of the Cisco soft codecs. I mean, it's just, that is just booming yeah. and people are using those things in all kinds of room types from the you know the premium boardrooms to the small little huddle spaces and the software package that we have allows us to scale up or down depending on the need without having to basically box people into you need a multi-thousand dollar right. big box DSP that is probably going to be hugely overkill for a lot of the applications that it's fixed for. Well and what I, I think what I like most about the way y'all thought it through is that it you know it's purely software you're keeping it purely software because I've seen others do software initiatives right. but then they lock it down on a you know oh it's on a whatever HP server it's proprietary but it's, to that it's device still proprietary. and, you can't do anything and so they might as well exactly. just slap their name on it I mean right. the whole point of software is that it's virtualized and yeah you know, I've even repped a lot of uh, interactive whiteboards over the years mm -hmm, sure. and they all have the option for the the Windows 10 card yep. you can slide in yep. and you know I even think of like display 10 their zoom partnership now they can yep. add that sure software for right. the DSP side yeah. that's tremendous like yeah. that's that really is so thoughtful and it doesn't surprise me because I I tend to oversimplify when you know it's like well there's an API we could just write an API right. so e it's not right. easy software is right. very difficult yeah, it doesn't well, matter everything's if moving so quickly you just yeah. can't you can't necessarily it, it, it helps us be a lot more agile and, yeah and having this having this framework to kind of build upon will definitely get us there faster but it's like I said it's it's been a long road to get yeah. here um, but we're also very excited about where it's heading and we're, you know we're doing we're starting you know right here at ISE as of February 11th yesterday was kind of the big launch. Yeah. We're doing some kind of a controlled launch for just the U.S. and U.K. markets right now. Oh, nice. And then it'll be launched globally at Infocon. In the well, summer. I'm sure your product management team must be so proud. Yeah, I mean, it's, are. yeah, it's, a, it's I mean, exciting. and I can see, I was at the booth, I got here a few minutes early, and uh, there's a lot of excitement. Yeah. 
and it sounds like uh, it looks like it comes in two versions an yep. 8 channel or a 16 Correct. I heard one of your yep. distributors saying yep. to uh, one of the integrators downstairs yep. so that's the scale thing right yeah. that's, the, that's the idea of being all like you know you, you don't necessarily need to use all 8 or all 16 right. but having that flexibility yeah. is something that really um, allows people to you know basically use what they need rather than kind of overkill. When I've seen it from it, the holy grail is the divisible training rooms, right? Oh, right, sure. You know, yeah. So having that, oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, and that can be one, three, I've seen up to six, yep. so having that much flexibility is, is incredible. Yeah. So, um, so is it shipping? It, yeah, it is. It I mean, is. You can download it uh -huh. now. Um, it is something that is available through, like I said, key partners and yeah. key, key, key integrator accounts that we're partnering with for the next three to four months. Okay. And then it's basically like blown out to the world to all of our partners uh, on, in the middle of June, right oh, around the Infocom time. And perfect. we're just doing that controlled launch to make sure that that quality is there and obviously yeah. any issues that come up. Which we don't anticipate, but you know, it's like you're able to kind of control the message and Absolutely. also control kind of, you know, really and just learn learn what are those use cases? What are people, you know, sure products are classics of yeah. you know people trying to you know kick the tires and push it into something where maybe it's not Absolutely. necessarily intended for, right? Like, oh, I'm going to use this microphone over here on this kick drum when because y'all are such good sports about it. Well, and we like to embrace that, but we also want to make sure that people are having a high quality experience yeah. no matter what, right? So I think that's really prudent. I think that's a smart way to do it. That way you have people that you know are up to speed. Yep. Yep. They already know, because the software is very similar to the software you already have. Yeah. So yeah. that user interface from a programming and administrative side, yep. they already they already speak that language. It's intuitive and they yeah. know it and they understand it and it's basically taking that Intellimix you know, feature set, like I said, and moving it, you know, we moved it from a box and then like at Infocom last year, we moved it to the microphone itself uh -huh. and now it's on a software. So it's basically, we're taking Intellimix and putting it into yeah. a lot of different flavors based uh -huh. on your need. You know, do you want it in a box? Yeah. Fine. We can give that to you. Absolutely. If you want it on your Windows PC, we can give that to you now too. Well, this is brilliant. Thank you so much for agreeing to meet with us. Uh, how can people find out more about everything Sure has to offer, including... Well, the Intellimix Room has a great uh, new landing page, actually. It's sure.com slash IMX Room. Okay. So check IMX that out room. for sure. That's kind of the overview of does the whole dog and pony of everything around that. But sure.com, obviously, is our site. Uh, that's that's where you can find everything about our whole portfolio, and then you can follow us at, at Sure Systems. Uh -huh. That's kind of our Sure. That's our integrated systems focused Twitter feed. Oh, okay. So, um, we I have need to follow them. Fun. Yeah, I didn't you totally realize need that. To them. Yeah. God, so, I'm missing the boat on that. Well, sure. So. We, we there's a lot of retweeting between the Sure account and uh -huh. Sure Systems, but it's it's kind of a little bit more focused on this market. I like that y'all all like each other though. I like oh, you support to. amongst the, the various of, Twitter accounts. There's a lot of uh, you know friendly competition. Put it that way. <laughs> I love it. Because we have a lot of different verticals in our company. You know, Absolutely. Not only systems. We have the pro audio. Uh -huh. we, have the, we have the more the retail side, the consumer side. So, um, yeah. So that's well, how you good. Well, us. everybody, you heard it here. You heard it first. Um, amazing things for sure. They've really, uh, they've really leapfrogged their competition on this, and it will not be easy for people to play catch up. So, congratulations, and uh, so I look forward to looking under the hood. I can't wait. Yeah, so, I appreciate. It. Thanks right. for coming by. Check it out, guys. All right. Well, that was uh, sure. Uh, 
Yep. What's what's coming up next? So up next, this was uh, this was interesting. So the the day before, Kate had done many interviews mm-hmm. uh, with video, which is a much more stressful proposition because you've right. got lighting, you've got camera people, uh, and it's a professional setup because it's one of the commercial publications. Correct, yeah. So you know they're they're doing it first class all the way. Right. Uh, me, it's your iPhone and that Shure microphone, and that's mm-hmm. it. But the nice thing is, um, I knew. Just because of her personality, uh, I knew that she was going to be a natural. And right. so uh, we started off uh, for her at the Utelogy booth. And I also didn't want to be like, you know, that uh, helicopter parent, right. if you will. So I basically just set her up. I left her with my good friend Kelly Wepler, who uh, does their marketing. Um, and she got to interview Bill Tunnell, who is their COO and an all around great guy. And, uh, I think she nailed it. I, I loved her interview. It was perfect. She said, yes, it was a hundred times easier than doing video right. and having to worry about all the other visual aspect of it. Oh, and uh, yeah, and I, they got to talk about some of their new enterprise features that they released um, and you automate and some other good stuff. So yeah, good interview from Kate with Bill Tunnell. All right, without further ado, here it is. Hi, this is Kate Calderon, and I'm here with Mostly AV. I'm here with Bill Tunnell at the Utelogy booth at ISE 2020. Hi, Bill. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming and talking with us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what's going on with Utelogy this year. Well, we're having some really exciting announcements. Um, So Utelogy is a platform for managing your workplace environments, and we've really doubled down on that with our new U-Automate feature, which we're showing here Live in the in the booth, and it, it really allows you to take a look at your entire enterprise estate and make sure that the rooms are online, ready to go for the day's business um, by uh, running it through simple test sequences to make sure that microphones and speakers and the video conferencing systems are all working and ready to go for the day's business. And if there is a problem in the room, identifying it to those technicians that need to support those spaces. So, what makes this product new and different and unique from what? else is out there? So I think most people look at it in an individual building or an individual project type scenario. We're looking at it from the enterprise and and being able to do it no matter who uh, deployed the systems, being able to give them that experience of testing the sequence and the spaces um, across the entire global enterprise. Is there anything else that I might have missed that you want to mention? Yeah, so we're also announcing the Utelogy 3.0. So that will be released sometime between now and Infocom. Um, And it's really doubling down on our enterprise uh, capabilities. So this is uh, things like the ability to do private portal deployments, which is taking our cloud components and bringing them inside the customer environment, as well as things like high availability um, and disaster recovery versions of our software engines, um, as well as um, what we're calling intelligence. And intelligence is really a great on everyone else's products. So this is us taking a look at all of the different manufacturers out there and are saying, are you a substandard technology wow. in terms of your openness, um, your the robustness of your API, as well as how secure you are. And if you uh, do not meet those characteristics, you could be identified as substandard. Mm-hmm. And if you meet all of these characteristics and have the best open, most robust API and uh, support secure technologies like SSH or HTTPS, identifying you as a intelligence plus type technology. So this will help consultants and end users be able to identify the products in the market that have those characteristics associated with them. Wow, that's incredible. 
That'll be exciting. Absolutely. To read through. We're really excited about all these things, and those are the kind of the new things about Utelogy. And then obviously, as um, um, you know, we are the you know the software platform for, for writing all this, all the rest of the great stuff that we already do in the control and monitoring spaces are on demonstration here at the booth. Wow. So, what's been your favorite thing so far at ISE? Um, so we keep hearing all the bad news that there's nobody here at the show, and we've been busy from the moment the show. We 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 have customers coming and talking to us even before the the bell sounds at 10 a.m. Wow. So it's been really uh, great and exciting here at the booth. So um, all the the fear aside, it's been great here at our booth. Awesome, that's great to know. Let's see what else. Where can we find you if we want to find out more information? So, um, utelogy.com, www.utelogy.com is uh, our website where you can get all kinds of great information from us. We will be at uh, Enterprise Connect in uh, end of March and in early April this year. Um, and then obviously we'll be in Infocom in June in uh, Vegas this year, I believe. Uh, so those are the next couple of shows that we'll be at. And uh, um, you can, they can reach out to me. I'm Bill underscore AV on Twitter. And uh, obviously you can hit us Twitter up on the web. Twitter friend, okay. Cool. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank I you so much it. for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. That was excellent. And now we have Michelle with uh, ClearCom. Let's get to it. So this is Michelle Lorette with the Mostly AV Podcast, and I'm really excited. I'm here with Bob Boster. He is the president of ClearCom. I've been a big fan of ClearCom since 2012. One of my top dealers, Michael Hobart, is the number one evangelist in the state of Texas for ClearCom. So I've been well aware of the quality of their products. They're deployed in many in unique use cases, including oil rigs. Um, really nice to meet you, Bob. I, I think we were introduced, but like I said, that was eight years ago. Right. So you haven't aged a bit. Ha. None, <laughs> none of us age in this business. Right? So tell us what is going on with ClearCom. What are you? What are y'all? to these days what's the latest and greatest well there's a lot of things going on I think um, we have uh, a number of technology technological developments and I'll just talk about one of those today okay but um, in this marketplace there's a topic that I also think is very powerful to continue to introduce to people and so while I don't have a, a new release of, of that at this show I think that uh, your podcast is a great opportunity to continue to reinforce that message to Absolutely. our marketplace so um, we'll start with a new product. Okay. So uh, at the show, we're featuring a new wireless uh, system from us called FreeSpeak Edge. Uh -huh. FreeSpeak Edge is an addition to our existing FreeSpeak products, uh, which have become the market leader really in uh, wireless solutions in the uh, pro AV market, and live performance market, and yep. the broadcast market in the U.S. Um, we uh, do have some competition. It's not like we're the only game in town, but in the U.S., I think we've really, especially in this segment, we've really become the, the market leader. Market leader. I would agree. And it's become a very um, free speak two has become very well accepted by people as sort of like the standard that they expect to have when they come mm -hmm. to an event, especially if it's a rental-based thing like a corporate yeah. meeting or, or something like that. Um, FreeSpeak Edge um, adds to the family of frequency choices where the two existing FreeSpeak 2 flavors are in 1.9 gigahertz. Uh -huh which is decked band, yeah. and then also in 2.4 gigahertz. Okay. Um, those are well accepted and people are using those now. Now FreeSpeak Edge brings five gigahertz into the into the fold as well. How many on, uh, on the five gigahertz, nine so, or um, 11? So 
in terms of how many bell packs. Yeah. Um, I, th I think we're currently saying you can deploy a system with up to 64 bell packs. In, nice. But it totally depends on how um, how you utilize the band. Yeah. Uh, 5 gigahertz is highly manageable and in fact really kind of begs for the user to configure what part of the frequency you're using yes. because there may well be other things in other parts of 5 gigahertz as people know there's yep. there's Wi-Fi in that area there's some, a little bit of camera systems are in that area um, there's some other kind of notification systems and things yeah um, and some uh, security based products in, in 5 gigahertz but there's also more well depending on what part of the world you're in but there's let's say on average 24 bands to use yeah so there's enough space for somebody to block out four or six of those bands for their their operation of, of intercom and managing that needs to be done meaning this is a managed system that needs to be set up and configured by somebody who's really thinking about how is the RF space being used yeah the customers requirements sure. how many areas do they want covered where do they want those coverages to be yeah that um, that activity uh, needs to be done by somebody who's able to look at the rest of the R frequency space and understand that and do that. So this makes this a little bit more of an advanced product than yeah. um, some of our other products, which are a little bit more plug and play. Mm -hmm. That um, that is fine. It's you know we serve all those parts of the market. We yeah. have products for the plug and play part of the market. And we have right. products for the the um, advanced user part of the market. Yeah. Um, Edge brings some great new capabilities. It's um, 12 kilohertz worth of audio bandwidth over 7 kilohertz of all the other products that are on, that we have or that are other other solutions in the market. So that sounds better. Okay. Um, the noise floor is is much quieter, and the latency is the uh, fast, is lowest latency really of any of the current wired di digital wired products. Nice. Meaning for an end user when they put this thing on, it's just going to sound better than they've heard anything sound before and they can tell I mean it's oh, noticeable for sure. it's definitely yeah. noticeable I, I think probably at least because of the noise floor that's right. what I'm most sensitive to right Even and when but I, I bought think my different last people car, are triggered by different parts of that right yeah. so it's kind of like the cut it's like the the combination of those things to a user yeah. kind of gets interpreted as oh this sounds better I'm not I couldn't exactly tell you why it sounds yeah better, you but just it know better. it does okay. yeah so uh, it has eight buttons on it meaning you can talk to eight different people at once um, more than our current four, more than the four on other people's products. Um, it has a hands-free uh, mode on it, so you can sit down on the desk. It's got a speaker and microphone on it, so you can just talk to it like you can on your on your cell phone. Um, it's got a number of other sort of visible control things that are quite different, including uh, easy to access at the bottom of the belt pack, master volume. So you're controlling relative volumes of the different talk pads on it, but you can easily um, just take the whole thing down or the whole thing up because somebody walked up to you and you need to yep. now talk to them or whatever. Um, so it's it's a quite uh, familiar work workflow you know form factor. It feels yeah. like a bell pack, looks like a bell right. pack. You hand it to somebody, they're going to know. Oh, I press this button to talk. Yeah. But it is a, a much bit more, more advanced control system. Yeah, I like that. So it's it's exciting. It has a transceiver that uh, you can set up in an area coverage area covers a space about. Know, about 800 feet across maybe wow um, and then you That's can put path. multiple transceivers together in a path to build a bigger coverage area yeah so you need to cover a large room you can put two of them uh -huh. or three of them or whatever yeah 
or you could have them be in isolated areas so that somebody could be in room A where they're having a meeting or something and they need to be there but then they need to support some breakout rooms that are down the hall in the hotel yeah. put another transceiver down there and then they can walk back and forth and have coverage in both places what is the largest vertical for ClearCom? I mean because y'all apply to so many different use cases it's hard to say in any given year it changes from uh -huh. year to year um, we think of our our three core markets as being uh, broadcasting, yes. um, live performance and live event, but we also put like corporate events and corporate AV into that space yeah. because it's very much like having a putting on a theatrical production because you're presenting a meeting and it has lights and sound and a stage and oh, all yeah. of those pieces. And then the third is military, aerospace, and government. And so those would be our three sort of biggest markets. And in any given year, one or, one or the other of those markets might be our most important contributor from a yeah. financial performance standpoint but it changes from year to year interesting well this has been fascinating so where can our listeners find out more about clearcom if they are not up to speed already sure so uh, you can find everything about free speak edge and many other products at uh -huh. www.clearcom.com and are you going to have any big announcements at infocom I think we will. Yeah. I, it's a little bit early to want to tease it too much, okay. but I'll just say okay. uh, you should. people should come by. Really the thing that people need to come by and see us and really talk through is thinking about what IP means for their intercom applications, yes. and Infocom will be a great place and time to do that. Well, awesome. Well, Bob, this has been great. We really appreciate your time. Sure. Thank right. you. Check out ClearCom. Now, the next one was kind of interesting. These guys had a platform, a software platform that they had right. built for themselves in the event production world uh, that is, I'm very far removed from, you less so. Right. Um, and the product was so good, people kept saying, well, we, we'd like to use this platform. And so uh, it's basically a platform that takes you all the way from cradle to grave production, uh, initial concept, all the way to showtime. Um, very robust, very unique. Um, I, I just thought interesting, and yet another... Yet another software play. Um, we're just going to yeah. continue to see this trend. Um, I think so. And that is one of the nice things about ISC is that you end up with people from digital signage, pro AV, the CDM market, as well as rental and staging. So it's right. it's a little bit more robust that way in, in terms of there's it's not as fragmented. It's just one big, huge show. Um, right. So even though numbers were down because of some inclement weather going through Europe, as, as well as... Uh, some people not being able to get travel visas. So I think uh, last report, I think it was total of seventy exhibitors ended up canceling. Oh wow! Um, but that's, that's quite, it's yeah. a it's a drop in the bucket when yeah. you look at what, however, that big of a show. Yeah, yeah, and I think they were off about thirty thousand attendees. Okay, but once again, still twice as big as Infocom. If you look at the <clears throat> static number of people that are actually part of the show that are working the show right. or setting up for the show, right? And that's exactly, why they're yeah. registered versus the pure play. Um, so even though it was a little bit lighter, I think the consensus from the attendees as well as the exhibitors in the main halls uh, was that maybe it gave a little bit more quality time. I think if you were in some of the smaller halls, it was a little bit more quiet than you would have liked, right. um, but nonetheless, still good business opportunities, lots of good education going on. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be interested what y'all think of the folks at Disguise, and that's with a lowercase d. Oh, way. okay. Well, without further ado, here's Disguise. 
Hello, this is Michelle with the Mostly AV Podcast, and we are here today at the Disguise booth at ISC 2020. I am with Lance Short. He is the Technical Solutions Manager for EMEA. Hi, Lance. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, Lance, I have a strong feeling that many of our listeners who are in the pro AV space, some have live events background, might be familiar. Can you tell people what is Disguise, what it's all about? Yeah, so Disguise is a platform for creating experiences. Okay. So it was born out of a company called UVA, Mm -hmm. and Ash, who worked for UVA, needed to find a way to deliver these experiences that UVA were being asked to create. Mm -hmm. So companies like um, Massive Attack um, back then were were asking for like the next level. They, they were looking for doing real-time data in their shows. Yeah. Um, you know, when you could when you could just about get the internet to, you know, to, to festivals and, and things like that. So he developed a piece of software uh, to deliver that. And after a few years, like 10, 12 years, people uh, started finding out about that and uh-huh. started to want to use it on their shows as well. So... Uh, few years after that they, they kind of decided to separate UVA from the product they were creating uh-huh. and that's kind of when Disguise was born. Nice, mm. nice. So y'all have many applications like you said the experience of the live events. Y'all are also in the esports world which is also very experiential. Uh, how does that work with Disguise products? What's the tie-in? Yeah so Disguiser at home in live events. You know, that, that's where we were born, doing these big rock and roll shows. Ah, nice. And these esports events are now, you know, they look like rock and roll shows. You know, sure. They're, they're big arena, stadium events. They've got pyro, they've got lights, you know, they've got everything going on. And, yeah, that's that's exactly where we come from. So it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward for us to, to move into that space. Of course... Data is moving so fast in esports. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, you know, what, which gun people are using, how much ammo they've got, are they alive, are they died, and that's pretty hard to uh, operate all those all those changes. So we've developed uh, integrations with game engines to nice. to get that data in, so the operator doesn't need to be pressing buttons constantly. Yeah, it will just be real time data feeding into our um, platform controlling what's actually appearing on the screens so we can keep up with that. Would you agree that esports is one of those markets where latency is hypercritical for them? They're super sensitive to that because, right, if they don't see it right then, I mean, that's a... Absolutely, yeah. You know, the gaming monitors are running 120 hertz yeah. and higher. Um, display technology is typically running at about 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. And we can deliver, um, you know, just from one machine can deliver 8K at 60 hertz. Oh, nice. And our our platform can network many, many machines together. So yeah. even resolutions higher than that, we can still deliver at 60 hertz, no problem. Have you been um, delivering like 8K and 16K? Have you done anything like that? I know you have an ability to, but have you done some of them? Yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure of the largest we've ever done, but yeah, yeah we're, we're regularly yeah. uh, delivering shows of that resolution. Oh, that's incredible. And are you delivering the content to just displays, LED walls? What is your typical installation? Yeah, so, yeah, it's flexible. Um, You know, typically it's projection uh, and LED. 
but also we can deliver content to uh, lights, uh -huh. uh, anything that can receive numbers. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, you know, we we could drive motors if you needed it to. You know, you you could use the intensity of a pixel to control, you know, the height of a motor, for example. Yeah. You know, you, you can you can send that to to anything. You know. And how long have y'all been exhibiting at ISC? At ISC, I'm not actually sure, to be yeah. honest, how many. Uh, I've been uh, with these guys for uh, under a year, so I'm not sure how many years they've been right. here, but definitely for the past two years. Excellent. And what is that experience? Have, has, have you loved working here? I mean, you've been with them just under a year. It's It's been exciting. It's been everything you thought it would be. You Were you already familiar with them? Did you know a lot of their Absolutely. people? Absolutely. So... Uh, Disguise was a competitor to the company I used to work oh, for. Oh no! Okay. So I, I knew uh, I knew the ins and outs of Disguise already. Awesome. So uh, when I got the phone call uh, from them, I uh, was happy to join, and it's and it's been a real uh, it's a great experience. You know, they're a super organized organization, and they really know where they're going. They've got yeah. a really strong uh, path that they're following. So last year we employed about. 50 people and they've got a plan to get another 50 this year we're opening new offices um, around the world it's, oh it's really a global company we've already got offices in new york uh, in la hong kong uh, shanghai london oh that's we're, awesome we're opening new offices in barcelona tokyo so uh, yeah it's 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 exploding it is know? exploding yeah i saw there was a card for y'all are hiring people yeah. like the list of Constantly. open positions yeah. i was like all right so this must be an attractive group i could just tell right mm. that yeah people are one they want to come work for this company it's the type of company that's doing fun yeah and if you're listening stuff. and you're interested uh, get in touch <laughs> absolutely we do have some av brits that, that <laughs> listen to the podcast um so that's good and where can people find out more about disguise and um and all anything they need to know about your company including potentially working for them <laughs> so we we're at isc we're at uh, proline sound we're at ibc we're at all the big trade shows infocom oh excellent uh, ldi um so you can always pop along to the trade shows to meet people in person yeah offices are always open in all those cities to pop in and of course you've got the website uh, disguise.one Dot one. Um, dot one. O N E yeah. one? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. That's a new one for me. So yeah. thank you for spelling yeah. that out. Well Lance, I really appreciate your time today and thank you so much. So guys, check out Disguise. Something new. I think y'all will like it a lot and uh, I'm glad they're gonna be in Vegas this year for Infocom. All right. Well, that was good information. Um, yeah, I like those folks a lot. Um, I thought that was very interesting. So, yeah, the, uh, the next interview is Kate. Uh, she was at the New Tech booth, um, crushing it, as she did with all of her interviews. Uh, New Tech is probably best known for TriCaster, for those people that are actually in video production. Um, and so they're talking kind of about their right. ecosystem and some of the um, advancements that they've made. And um, it's a good listen. Excellent. So... Let's let's get to that one. All right. Hi, so this is Kate Calderon with Mostly AV, and I'm here with Will Waters at New Tech. Hi, Will. Hi, Kate. Great to be here. Thank you for joining me. Mm -hmm. So what's new and fun that you're debuting at ISC this year? Oh, we have all kinds of things. You know, New Tech, we love to uh, be looking at what audio, video, really the way people communicate. So uh, we're all about visual storytelling, and that happens in the corporate AV space just like it does anywhere else. And we were all visual communicators. So uh, what we're doing here at the show at ISC is really bringing about the ability to use IP networks with our NDI protocol and of course our TriCaster production products and 
basically being able to quickly and easily create that content. There's a lot of glowing rectangles, a lot of screens out there, but how do you produce that? It can be very difficult to make all of that work quickly, easily, and efficiently. But here at the show, we have some great new products with NDI4, along with a brand new model of our TriCaster Mini that allows uh, people to, to switch video, record, uh, put branding uh, that they would have, whether it's a town hall, whether it's uh, wafer me messaging, or whether it's uh, training. Uh, to be able to be delivered quickly, easily, and then of course take advantage of that network through NDI to have bi-directional communication. So there's a lot of stuff happening here. Uh, and it's really all about, like I said, communicating in the space. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about the customer need that drove New Tech to create these different products. Well, it, again, it goes back to basically getting your story out. Uh, and you know, normally, I guess we don't really think about stories, but in the world today, when everyone has a phone and everyone has a screen that they're working with, uh, whether, again, you're in the corporate space, you're in a house of worship space, or you're in an education space, we are communicating through those methods. We are communicating just visually. Like I know we're here on a podcast today, but you and I are seeing each other and talking. We have all these various cues. That can really happen quickly and easily all across the planet. And that changes the way communication happens in the corporate space or in the education space, like I just said. So what drove New Tech to, to do what we're doing is basically seeing those needs and the fact that the internet and IP networks or you know internet protocol really allows us to be connected in a way that we never had been before as a species, as humanity. So that brings about quick and easy content to be able to deliver in more places uh, and doing that really on the viewing demand, if you will, and also being able to keep within budgets and various things. So I know that sounds a little bit like grandiose, but the truth of the matter is this like live production is happening all day, every day, mm -hmm. just like we're talking right here. Awesome. So I've heard that you guys are getting more involved in esports. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Yes. It's like the new hot thing right now. Oh, it's it's been a hot thing for some time. <laughs> but you know, esports uh, esports is a very interesting uh, industry, if you will, because well, a number of things happen. Like we have a virtual environment. Like it's all programmed. Like some gaming engine that it works with. But it's incredibly uh, different than say traditional sports because you have the operator or the game player mm -hmm. that's also within the environment that you're looking to either view or you need to again create some type of story uh, out of the, the 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 viewing aspect but being that new tech is delivering products that are native to that software environment there's a whole new way of being able to bring production if you will or delivery out to either uh, streaming or to the chat based client have the interaction of the viewer going back to the game player so it's again a whole new way of communication that's at play here and what has been your favorite thing so far here at ISE? Oh, at ISE? Well, this is a great show. It's always a great show because it's about integrated systems. And again, going back to what we're doing on IP networks, it's all about integrating the source device or whatever you're capturing to how it's being used downstream uh, and basically taking that bi-directional communication and creating new workflows to be either to put video or audio or control in certain places that that really you were limited to based off of maybe a cabling standard or uh, something that 
uh, was limited just because of a design aspect, either from the facility or from uh, from the the particular technology. Today, we can take that network. And as long as there's bandwidth, and as long as there's processing power, we're agnostic to formats, whether it's HD, UHD, or whatever is going to come in the future. It's a new way of, of being able to really future-proof, if you will. I know that word's thrown around a lot, but it future-proofs because you can iterate through software as opposed to having wholesale change-out of your infrastructure. I, I mean, I, hopefully I'm making sense on that. It's, it's, a very, it's a very different way of thinking about, uh, you know, really how to approach an AV installation or uh, you know a broadcast facility awesome. is there anything else that I may have missed you may have missed well here's here's something that, that, that's really kind of cool is that what we're doing today and again because we're on a IP fabric is that we now have the ability to also capture all of that that's happening mm. and you can utilize software tools to really aggregate that data and you know again repurpose it in ways that are very unique to whatever analytical or disposition that you need to deliver that content out, whether it's to repurpose for uh, product launches, training, again, uh, storytelling within uh, uh, a corporate space, being able to deliver education, lecture capture, various things like that. So with uh, what we have here at the show, uh, we're being able to basically suck all of that in and utilize that in ways that uh, you know really haven't been available before. And where can interested parties find you? Oh, you can obviously find us on the web, you know, <laughs> www.newtech.com. That's N-E-W-T-E-K.com. Uh, of course, we also have the NDI protocol that you can find at ndi.tv. A lot of really fantastic, cool stuff and products there. Awesome. Thanks so right. much for being on. Yeah. It was great meeting you. Likewise. Thank you, you so much. Have a great show. Oh, we will. Thanks. All right. Thank you. So the next one was a, a very interesting one. I'd never heard of Intupix. Um, Paul Zeely drug me over there so I could meet them. Um, I really like JP a lot, um, mostly because his last name is Laurent, so it's like Lorette with oh, an okay. N. And so I felt like we already had some type of a kindred spirit thing going yeah, on. Um, but no, the, the, uh, these are the magic people, right? They are a technology provider of image and video compression IP cores. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, which is used in multiple applications in Pro AV. Um, that would be the heart and soul of Crestron DMX for those of you who may have heard of that product or, mm -hmm. or may not have. Of course, you've all heard of that product. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so the... I think it's interesting, you know, once again, software, they're there for licensing, they're looking for more strategic partners, right? Uh, but always willing to educate, and um, just super sweet, very nice people. Excellent, excellent, so we'll see what they got to say. Hello, this is Michelle Lorette for the Mostly AV Podcast, and today I am at Intopix, I-N-T-O-P-I-X. I was not familiar with Intopix, but I am here with Jean-Baptiste Laurent, which is like Lorette, but with an N, so I'm pretty sure we're cousins. And he is Director of Marketing Sales, but he's also a really technical person, which I know my, my listeners like to hear about. So, Jean-Baptiste, JB, um, what the heck is Intopix? Why should we care? What is this? Who are you, where'd you come from, and where are you going? <laughs> Thank you. Nice to meet you. So I would say Intopix, we are a technology company. Mm -hmm. So if people know the Silicon Valley uh, series, mm -hmm. uh, these crazy people that want to invent the next compression algorithm and they want to sell it to a whole industry, we're a little bit like these guys, but 
more professional, I would say. Okay. So a few years ago, um, I mean, we are active in digital cinema business, in the broadcast business, mm -hmm. but essentially here at IAC, we are here for the pro-EV industry, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the few years ago, what we saw as a challenge uh, in this industry is that uh, everybody was point, everything was point to point. Uh, the, you had uh, the, this big matrix with DVI, HDMI, or HD-based e system, uh -huh. and uh, we saw the move in other industry towards uh, IP-based networked yes. infrastructure. Absolutely. And um, when we look at that in the past, uh, we said that what is essential for that move to IP is to um, avoid to replace everything that has been deployed, uh -huh. uh, open the walls, replace the cables, and knowing that a lot of uh, Cat 5e cables uh -huh. that are able to do one gig only yeah. or 2.5 gig were already deployed, um, we wanted to invent a compression technology uh -huh. that would address a pixel perfect quality, okay. a very low latency, mm -hmm. and a very low complexity, low cost, low power to enable to transmit 4K HD everywhere in the um, conference room, mm -hmm. in the buildings, in the college, the universities, uh, the parliament, without replacing these cables. So at the show, here we, what we are showing is um, uh, the Flink technology that is enabling uh, what we call the pixel perfect processing uh -huh. um, uh, created by uh, um, uh, into PIX okay. and uh, embedded in all uh, Crestron NVX uh, product. Okay. Um, this technology has so been... So y'all are the, the heart of the NVX product? Exactly. That is an Intupix. So is it a chipset? So no, it's... It's, it's an architecture. It's, it's really uh, a, a image processing compression algorithm that algorithm. we did create and, okay. and that we did license to Crestron. Ah, that's so interesting. Okay, so your software. Yeah, we we can say software. So we are in a, a we are technology provider. Yeah. Provider. We don't build any chip. Hardware. We are not building hardware. Okay. We are just licensing the technology to them. Interesting. Yeah. All right. But and how long have you been um, presenting at ISC? So the technology. Well, ISC. It's I think six, seven years now. Okay. But uh, the the technology uh, that technology was officially launched at last ISC. Okay. And it's already embedded. I think in about. 200,000 NVX device today. Oh, so yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. probably the most adopted AV over IP technology in this industry. But yeah, people don't know that it's Intopix. Of course, they don't know that it's Intopix. We're a, a 30 people company. Okay, yeah. And uh, we are uh, supporting our customer, but we, I mean, probably. Engineers know who we are, but sure, I would sure. say user community they, they yeah, don't yeah. need to know who we are. And, so, and that's F L I N Q. Flink is the name. Yeah. Of, okay. So Flink technology means flawless, flawless link pr uh, quality. Okay. So flawless you will you will send this pixel without losing any pixel at the end. So now I'm also seeing you have Interpix Ticos XS JPEG SXS, which is what. Yeah, so this Intupix, we are uh, somehow a company that is innovating a lot, uh -huh. but we also promote interoperability and standard. Yeah. So we, we are always in the in this wave of we innovate and then we we propose uh, our innovation for standardization. Ah, nice. And one of our innovation that is called Tico XS, that means a tiny codec. Okay. 
has been pushed uh, towards the JPEG committee to become the JPEG XS standard. Ah, okay. And if you look at the AV over IP uh, world today in the pro AV space, a big issue right now is that everybody is developing his own solution. Yeah. You have and creating island. You can take as an example uh, like a SDVOE. Yeah. You have a chip yes. set that yeah, can yeah, yeah. do only HD 4K only with 10 gig networks. Right. The proposition we have with uh, the, the JPEG XS codec uh -huh. uh, standardization is that we have a single compression that can go uh, even to mathematically lossless compression, so no loss oh, nice. of quality, and that can target a 10 gig network, a 2.5 gig network, uh -huh. a 1 gig network, and that will support with this solution HD, 4K, but even 8K. So on the booth here, we are showing 8K 60 frames per second on this 8K screen. I can attest the image does look brilliant. It does. I mean, it's very crisp. Yeah, we and we, we don't we I mean we don't see that there is compression. Let's say it like no. that. Yeah, you but do not. you have to imagine that this is only two gigabits per second. Nice. And uncompressed 8K <laughs> 60 is more than 40 gigabits. Right. Latency, what you see here, we need only 10 lines of latency to compress and 10 lines of latency to decompress. Which is, if you have a, a, a 60 frame per second 4K or 8K stream, uh -huh. this is less than one millisecond. It's about 100 microseconds. Nice. I think we can say it's zero latency. Uh -huh. And because it's low latency, it's also low complexity. We don't need to consume a lot of power yeah. to send that which is very important for Pro-AV space because we want to cut the cables at the end and yeah. with a single Ethernet cables, I can also provide the power to the device or so with a, what we call PoE, power PoE, over yep. Ethernet. It's possible to build appliance for HD, 4K, 8K over Cat5e with PoE. So you're not selling product, you're selling partnership? Yeah, well, let's say technology. We technology. are selling technology. Okay. We, we, because, I mean, we would move to more product-oriented, I think we would not serve anymore a market, sure. but we would serve a customer or users. And our vision is that we want to solve a big market problem. Yes. We want to create bridge between vendors also, right. interoperability. Yeah. And what but is the... But Pro-AV hates interoperability. Of course, they hate that. Yeah, I that's... know, but <laughs> it, it is the way it's going. I mean, that's... That's what it needs, and I, I think some people will continue to be their own island, but I think those people will be leapfrogged by those that are trying to be more open source, if you will, more, you know. Exactly, and I think for us what is really difficult in this world, I would say, is that we need bridge between people. Yeah. And when we create islands somehow, of course, it's, you want to retain users, you want to retain, retain your customers, Yeah. but at the end, that's the, the, the thing they want to avoid. and. We are also, as a company, ethically, we don't want to throw every cable that have been already deployed. We have a, like a green approach, let's say, an ecological yeah. approach in sure. what we do. We want to reduce the overall power consumption of every system. Yeah. And we want to stop this crazy uh, yeah. race about always replacing things by something new. And what we offer with this technology it's a way to reuse and to offer more user experience at the end. Nice. So you can use an HD pipeline mm -hmm. to move to 4K and then to move to 8K. You just need a, a low power, a smart algorithm and that's what Intupix is doing. Nice.
And y'all work with Dante as well? Yeah, so da da Dante uh, AV is also embedding into Pix technology. We're really proud of that nice. relationship also. Yeah, we, um, I think Dante has been very well received in the pro AV market. I, it's, yes, it's gotten a lot of good traction. And so that's also powered by an Intipix algorithm. Exactly, and we are glad with that because uh, somehow it's it's again the same story. It's that yeah. You have a, a, a big install base uh -huh. of Dante Audio, Yep. and for them it's the way to leverage the video experience uh -huh. without, again, replacing everything. Yeah. They have an installation and they can just have the video. It's a kind of what Odine Dante is proposing. It's kind of a plug-and-play solution. Yeah. You have something great in the audio, you just had the video, and you got a, a, you you don't have to replace everything. Nice. They had an approach already Ethernet based, yeah, Cat five E based, uh -huh. and we can follow that. So Perfect. It's easy. Yeah. And so, um, how do our listeners find out more about Intipix? Do you have a website that they can go to? Of course we do. <laughs> so you go simply on Intipix.com, and even on the website we have a, a chat, so you can even ask any question. And of course, if it's not uh, during the night, we will answer directly. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jean-Baptiste. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And uh, go check it out. I-N-T-O-P-I-X. Intopix.com. Thanks so much. Appreciate thank it. You. Have a great Very show. Very nice to meet you. Awesome. That was good. Yeah. So uh, so let's see. The next one is with Nureva, um, my good buddy, Adrian Dowdy, who is their uh, director of North American Sales, mm -hmm. was uh, stateside um, right. doing live demos for us, which I thought was very nice of him. So, uh, okay. so yeah, I got to see him do his little dog and pony. Uh, it was a headset scenario, though, right? right. Uh, so that way we could hear the audio quality, etc. Right. Um, and then I, I, I spoke with one of their top guys, and uh, they brought me up to speed on uh, the latest and greatest from Nureva. So, once again, a solid company. Um, they continue to become, they're very specific, but they continue to prove on everything that they come out with. So I, okay. I really like that. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been trying to keep an eye on those guys. Cool. Well, here they are. Nureva. Hello, it's Michelle Lorette with Mostly AV Podcast. I can't even remember what podcast, and <laughs> it's not even Friday. And I am at the Nureva booth with Adam Corkid. He is a senior product manager, and he looks pretty smart, so I'm really glad that you're making time to talk to me. How's it going? It's going great, and thanks for sitting down with me and giving me a chance to get off my feet. Absolutely. So tell us, uh, Nureva is a well-respected yep. company. Y'all have come up with some great products year over year since inception. What is new at ISC this year? I think this is no different than any other year, I guess. We have two new products that we've, we're introducing at ISC. The first that we're introducing is the HDL 200. So that's uh, a new, that extends our family of audio products uh -huh. down to lower spaces. So now nice. we have a product that fits into those uh, small to medium sized rooms for yeah. up to 18 feet. Okay. Uh, the exciting thing about the HDL 200 is uh, a couple things. One is the way we've positioned the microphones in this product. So same, same sort of feature and function of our previous products, the yeah. HDL 300, you know, great sound, great audio, picking up the whole space. Yeah. But the, the advantage now with the HDL 200 is we have forward-facing microphones, uh -huh. which means what 
whereas the, the HDL300, there's some limitations on placement because you have to leave some dead zone because the microphones are uh, downward facing. Uh -huh. Since these are forward facing, you can mount this basically anywhere you want to. So you can oh, mount nice. it on top of the panel, uh, just above the panel, below the piano, panel. So you got a lot more flexibility from an uh, installation standpoint. All right, that's thoughtful. Yeah, while still maintaining you know, the audio experience. Was that one of your products? No, I'll talk about my product in a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm more on the software side, so I'm going to be... Uh, oh, good. We'll hit a point here on the, uh, where the audio side, I'll, I'll fall down, but we'll, I'll keep going with what I know. Okay. The other interesting piece that we've introduced with the HCL 200, is, considering we're going into smaller spaces, mm. is we've now put in a, a display onto the, the speaker itself just to augment the, the user experience within the room for meeting room participants. So uh -huh. where, you know, we can show, use that screen to display different information that could be helpful for kind of nudging the, the meeting user as they go through their, their experience in the room. So an example would be, you know, a room booking system where we can display, you know, is the room available, not available. Nice. Uh, show, you know, how much time is left within the meeting. Uh, another example, we'll show it here in the booth, is uh, Intel Unite, uh, mm -hmm. where you can show like the Intel Unite join code. So, so let's say you join a meeting, the meeting has started, the, the, the join information is no longer present, and you want to be able to participate. Instead of that information being hidden, you have to interrupt to get the code. Yeah. It's now displaying on the HDL 200, so you can easily just join up. Um, and we also show another example with our quick share code for our SPAN software, uh -huh. where a user can go up, use their phone, take a snapshot of the, the quick card code, uh -huh. and be able to join the meeting and participate. Again, like it just gives you gives the, the meeting a little bit different feel, and it doesn't take real estate away from other parts of the experience. All right, I like that. That's thoughtful. Yeah, and then uh, trying to think what else we've done with the HDL 200 that's new and different. The other nice thing too is we've uh, built a little camera accessory because one thing that we felt with and why we haven't put a camera into our product is we know within that size of space that putting the camera directly center might not be the right experience for the camera itself. So I agree. We've We've allowed the, the user to be able to, you know, pick a camera that make, makes sense for your room and put it wherever. But if you do want to mount it on top, we built a nice little uh, magnetic uh, accessory where you can oh. easily just pop it on. Super simple, and which is really kind of our story with our product, right? Yeah, it's about clean, both. simple, exactly. easy to deploy. And that's the same with the HDL 200. It's just a USB cable, power cable, and away you go. And you have audio that captures that whole space. Excellent. The other uh, product that we've introduced, which is new to us, is the uh, Nureva console, which is the product that I'm the, the product okay. manager for. So maybe yeah, I'll be yeah. a bit more excited. Okay. But what Nureva console has done for us is it's introduced device management at scale for our product. So in the past, uh, if you wanted to manage our products, you had to go into the room, you know, load up the software, yeah. be able to do whatever you need to do. So it's a okay. lot of walking around if you're an IT manager to get something corrected. Yes. With Nureva console, you can pair your devices to the application, uh -huh. and then you can manage those devices from anywhere in the world. So you'll be able to see the status, yeah. update your firmware, okay. make device setting changes all from the application without having to go into the room. And can you reboot things remotely through you can the do platform? All, you can do all your firmware updates. We haven't done rebooting, okay. typically because our product doesn't need it. Need it. So, okay. Um, but there's some interesting opportunities for us to look at. You know, back to how else can we augment and make that job easier for the IT manager? All right. So when you talk about firmware updating, um, do you want me to show you? Are you able? You want to walk? And I yeah, can show you real quick? yeah, yeah. Let's walk over there. You Absolutely. Got a, got a handheld microphone. Yep. So now we are walking, and he is gonna show me. Hi. Right. Got in front here, but this is this is Nareva console. So you can see here, you can see all the devices, uh -huh. where they're located, because that's always a pain trying yep. to figure out where you put that device. You can see your status. Now, if you wanted to drill in, you easily click in, 
these devices are actually right now in Calgary, so we're okay. interacting with devices that are halfway across the world while we're yeah. standing this show in Amsterdam. I saw that because I was looking at the demo with Adrian earlier, and there was when I was waving. There's a little bit of that. We're in the rye yeah. lag, exactly. right? Yeah. Exactly. But you can see here. You can see the device. Mm -hmm. You can see what PC it's connected to. So back to you, can I reboot it? No, but at least now you know which computer yeah. is connected to it and you can remotely manage that. You can do all your firmware updates. You can set automatic updates so that, hey, you don't even have to come in here and check it. You already got it set to it. Uh -huh. You can also look at other useful information like, hey, you got to call into support. Now, often the question is, well, what's the serial number? And then you got to walk all the way down. Yeah. This information is super handy. It's right here. I like an asset management repository. Exactly. Yes, and, and, and customers love that as well. So, but if I want to, let's say I've got 200 Nareva rooms, let's call yeah. them, um, and I want to automatically schedule and send out to update all 200 rooms between midnight and 1 a.m. Uh, Saturday night. That's coming on our roadmap. So, schedule is. updates is on our roadmap. Okay. Yeah. So, now when I want to do updates, do I go do room by room? Yeah, at this point. But I don't have to physically go to the room. Go room by room. Okay, but, but it is still room by room. Right now, it's still like one to one device management. Okay. But we're going to do a, a few different things. One, we're going to introduce bulk updates. So yes. You just, do, just do them all at once. Thank you. Yes. You don't need to do them one by one. Wonderful. And that's yeah. on your personal roadmap for this exactly. product. Okay. And I'm glad to hear that. We also, as I said earlier, we also have enabled automatic updates. So yes. You can also just set that and never have to worry about it to begin with. So okay. We're going to give the customer a few different options to just, we want to make their job easy, we want yeah. to make their life easy, we want to take the stress of having our products completely away from them, and that's, that's the goal of the Riva console. Beautiful. I like this. Well, you have created, uh, and the interface is very clean, Thank you. I will say. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, um, I like it. It's straightforward, it's clean, it's got the device management, your status dashboard, uh, cloud-based, good for scalable deployments. And the, and the other piece that we're working on that will be coming next is an audio API. Okay. So what that'll mean is... One, we want to make sure, we know that we're not the end-all be-all, that IT managers have numerous devices that they're managing uh -huh. and that they have tools that they use today for managing all those devices. So we're going to create an API so that we can easily integrate with those device management systems. Okay. So that, yes, they can use our tool if they want to. It's free. It's included with their purchase of their Absolutely. device. Absolutely, yeah. But if they have a tool that they use today, uh -huh. just use that tool and we'll, we'll integrate with that platform. Is that going to be a REST API? Yes. Beautiful. Okay. And when? Uh, what's your time frame, do you think, uh, for that? That's probably the later half of 2020. Okay. The all other right. thing that we'll be looking at... Uh, I talked about it earlier with the screen, the screen that we show. Yeah. And we'll be looking at a screen integration there as well so that you can, you know, and I, I talked about it earlier, the Intel United example. Yes. We can, we can make those a reality and allow customers to get more value out of that screen. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And where can people learn more about more, Nareva? They can either come to our booth right here if they're listening today. I mean, yes. We're in Hall 11, booth. can't remember the booth name, but we're in Hall 11. Uh, but you can also go to nareva.com and you can find all this Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Great information. And uh, I advise everybody to check it out. And you will obviously be exhibiting at Infocom. I believe we're going to be at Infocom. We're definitely going to be at Enterprise Connect. Oh, that's right around the corner, yeah, right? We were, into March? I think it's the end of March in Florida. Orlando, Orlando yes. Orlando, yeah. So it'll be a little bit warmer than Amsterdam. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Michelle. Talk soon. All right. All right. Awesome. So yeah, so it was good, and then um, no IAC would be complete without an interview with Paul Harris. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's a, he's the El Jefe at Aurora Multimedia. Uh, 
They continue to innovate. They are um, an SDVOE partner, and they had some. Um, they had some nice things. They actually had a, a uncompressed 4K 6444 wall plate, um, part of their HT Pro series of HD based T transceivers. Yeah, that's big. The wall plate. Yeah, not, it not is. Uh, yeah, not not, not everybody. Not everybody's been able to do it successfully. No, uh, they haven't. So this was a thoughtful product. They came up with a. Mm-hmm. Uh, desktop uh, and wall uh, touch panels um, from the React series. Um, so yeah, always good stuff, always good innovation. Paul is super passionate um, and, and very highly engaged. Um, and so uh, Kate got lucky. Well, I probably got demoted because last year I, I didn't even have a voice by the time uh, I interviewed him, which probably made right. for a better interview. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Kate took this one and uh, and saved the day and uh, had a good chat with Paul Harris. Awesome, man. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, this is Kate Calderon and I'm here with Mostly AV. I'm here with Paul Harris from Aurora Multimedia. Hi, Paul. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. So what's new and exciting here at ISE 2020? Well, I guess uh, we're talking about my products then. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we have a new huddle room solution called TeamStream, which is uh, further enhances capabilities by adding a switcher at 4K60444. We can connect up to 20 uh, different uh, laptops to it as well. It also has the ability for some control ports to do that built into it as well. And it's price point, which we priced it very competitively for all those features. So uh, that's called TeamStream, and that's new this year. So tell me a little bit about the customer need that drove you to create the product. Um, customer need, you know, Huddle Room Market's been a strong market, and uh, while there's a lot of different solutions in the market, we do get feedback from a variety of people saying what they'd like to see that's uh, unique to their applications. And so what we did was we added and combined features that they were looking for at the price point they were looking for. So that's why we got into the market was simply to just address those issues that a lot of people have been asking for. And tell me a little bit about the business value for your customers with these products. Well, when it comes to Huddle Room Solutions, they're, they're looking for a simple wireless solution that they can set up quickly, effectively, and easily uh, with a good quality. Uh, one of the nice things about this is you plug it in and it's pretty much ready to go at that point. But it does take care of the hardwired as well with its built-in switcher, so it does t- address both needs. Um, and we've also addressed the usability issue where the mouse can now track as fast as the movement. Most uh, Huddle Room solutions, you have a little bit of a lag, about 100 milliseconds, mm-hmm. to get a little bit of trailing. So what we did is we have uh, a feature in there where the mouse will go as fast as you move it, even though the content may be lagging a little bit behind, but it makes for a better feel when you're actually using the product, and it makes you feel more accurate when using it. So mm-hmm. sometimes the little things make a big difference. Yeah, for sure. So do you have anything new and exciting coming for Infocom this year? We always have new and exciting <laughs> things. You know, um, well, for this show, aside from the team stream, we did introduce the world's first transceiver HD base T, wow. uh, the wall plate. Uh, no one's ever done that before. And uh, a slew of other features, uh, you know, I'll let the people come and check it out to see what it is. Otherwise, I'll go on and on. <laughs> uh, probably at Infocom, you'll see the box version of it, uh, which will be really unique. Uh, we also introduced uh, the world's first two-gang um, SDVOE wall plate, um, which we'll also be showing uh, there. There's another surprise in store, but I don't think it's going to make it in time for Infocom. Uh, I think we're cutting it too close. So, unfortunately, I can't tell you what it is, but 
Yeah, we had a nice uh, surprise up our sleeves, but it might have to wait until uh, maybe uh, a little bit after in Philcom. Oh, that's exciting, though. Yeah. See, now I got everybody wondering. <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> um, let's see. Are you excited about ISC being in Barcelona next year? You know, I don't know yet. I mean, Barcelona is a great town, yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. Uh, so Amsterdam's fun, so is Barcelona. So from a fun standpoint, yeah, Barcelona <laughs> is a great town. However, it, it is a new uh, venue, so it's going to cause a lot of confusion. Mm. You've had ISC in Amsterdam forever. And yes, while it's outgrown it in some ways, everybody knows where things are for the most part. Uh, as archaic as it may seem to go in and out of all different places, the Barcelona layout is definitely cleaner and easier and more wide open. There's no doubt about it. I think we're gonna have some trouble with the housing there. Ah, uh, I didn't even think about that. I heard it's far away and it's not as convenient. So there could be a lot of traveling involved, uh, which will be interesting to see. And then there's the overall getting acclimated. Every vendor there, every person there, it's just never really been there. Yeah. So they. I'm gonna have to relearn where people are and zigzag around a lot. So we're yeah. gonna find out just, you know what? Numbers don't lie and um, we'll see next year when it's all done if it was worth the move or not. Either you're gonna get a lot of complaints or you're gonna get a lot of people going, that was the best thing you ever <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. So that's, that's the one thing for sure. Cool. Well, let's see, where can people go to find more about Aurora Multimedia? They can go to auroramm.com and they'll be able to see all our products up there as well as our electronic catalog and uh or you can always just call into our office and pester us that way too we, we welcome phone calls i love it that's awesome well thanks thank you for joining me i appreciate it well thank you for your time yeah thanks Awesome. Kate's doing a great job. Oh, yeah, she did. Excellent. She she was amazing the entire time. Um, it was really a lot of fun to work with her. We're mm. going to try to put something together. She's in Orlando, so um, right. Enterprise Connect is down there. So Excellent. there may be some opportunities. We're, we're knocking around some ideas. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's become a much bigger show. I mean, right. it was never on my radar, and now I'm like, oh, I'm actually interested in going, even though I won't have an opportunity to this year. Um, right, right. But, yeah. So um, And then last but not least, uh, first of all, there were several people that I still need to interview because I just there wasn't time or by the time I was at their booth the timing wasn't good um, or I just need to improve my time management skills whatever the case may be um, so there are some that we'll be interviewing uh, in the upcoming weeks that like Jet Built that right. uh, I was able to go to their booth hear their dog and pony just didn't get the one-on-one -on -one interview but uh, but yeah so saving one of the best for last uh, is my friend Yoav Nir Yoav and I worked uh, together during the ClickShare launch days. Uh, we had a lot of mutual success. Uh, we, we really like the heck out of each other and respect each other a lot. He is in the software space now. Um, so he basically has a, a plug-in to immersive environments. So with Barco right. for a long time, part of the collaboration, he was in the VizSim space. So he called on right. all of all these people that we know down here in Houston in the oil and gas industry where uh, that's what geophysicists used in order to find where the oil is. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so it was wonderful to catch up with him uh, and just once again, software play. Uh, it's a licensing type opportunity for the right people, but um, I, I see some uh, pretty cool stuff that can come out of it. And the company is Magicor. Uh, their website, they're very Eurocentric. It's Magicor, M-A-G-I-C-O-R dot E-U. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So for those that want to Google it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, there you go. Now you know. Now That's you right. know. The more you know. All right, and let's get to it. Hello, this is Michelle Lorette with the Mostly AV Podcast, and I am very excited because I am sitting in the uh, Layard Planner booth with Yoav Nir, someone who is very near and dear to my heart. You like that double entendre? Uh, <laughs> I actually do. I, uh, I had the pleasure of working with Yoav. He is the godfather of ClickShare. And he had a, a, a very strong background in the Houston market. He had worked in the Viz Sim world with Barco. And he has tons of friends at uh, a lot of my customers, our customers, Shell and ExxonMobil and Schlumberger et al. And uh, so Yoav is here. Uh, he... When he left his previous employer, he became a published author. He was a Correct. consultant, and uh, now he has uh, started a new company with some partners called Magicor, M-A-G-I-C-O-R. Um, and I like this because Yoav is doing stuff with AI and VR, and we talk about that a lot in ProAV, but sometimes we're using the terms incorrectly. So uh, Yoav, a lot of people know you and like you in the States. Tell us what you're up to and what this solution is that you're bringing to market. Okay, well, Michelle, first of all, it's great seeing you again. Uh, you seem to have this magic formula not to age. You Thank look you. as good as uh, you looked when we started developing ClickShare together. Um, I, I made a lot of money. I could afford Botox and fillers <laughs> now, so that helps. <laughs> and uh, like you said, indeed, I, uh, I had my room roots in the uh, virtual reality market, the visualization market. And Magicor is, to a certain extent, back to those roots. Um, and I was always good in, in uh, identifying disruptive things. And what we are doing here is also disrupting the way that, um, that large and immersive display systems are, uh, are driven. We have this uh, increasing trend that game engines, you know, typically Unity and Unreal, which are the leading platforms today, are being used by more and more people. There are about 10 million people today that know how to work with these game engines. Yeah. And those are great tools to create exciting contents. Like in no time, you can have a, a total experience, interactive experience being created by, uh, uh, by people that are everywhere, available everywhere, not specialized in visualization, just understanding gaming. Uh, and doing content that can be used in museums, that can be used in experience centers, that uh -huh. can be used in, in concerts. Basically creating experiences. And everyone speaks about experiences, yeah. but this really brings it to a different level uh -huh. by making use of these technologies. And what Magicor does, we actually enable uh, the use of these game engines, not just on a, on a regular PC at home or on a screen at home or on a, a helmet-mounted display, but we can we enable the use of those game engines on any type of displays. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you want, we are an enabler to create experiences in real time, so that you have the interactivity with the game engines um, natively from Unity and Unreal. Well, what I like is um, it's a third screen experience. Correct. So very popular with the kids. They watch esports there's actually an opportunity for them to add a third screen interactive Correct, correct. And really experience. take the, exactly the way that they experience esports just take that to a next level. 
Uh, absolutely, and and esports is one example of, of how uh, you know obviously the game engines perfectly fit in uh, in this type of uh, of environments with the plugin. Absolutely. Well, and it was interesting. One of the videos that Yoav showed me um, reminded me a little bit of like the Salesforce lobby with the rain coming down. So imagine that someone could walk up and with their back to that display and. Instead of the, the, the content just running like it normally does, very expensive custom content, uh, imagine that the rain would go around their body instead of just continuing to passively scroll behind them. So um, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Indeed, indeed. Um, and I do think that there are some interesting use cases. And so y'all um, are actively looking for partners and to Correct. build that ecosystem of people Correct. that are either in digital signage or they're into interactive experiences. I know that in the pro AV market, um, first of all, most engineers that I know that are design build engineers, they love the fun projects. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, the Emerson Experience Center is fun. That's your friends, right? With your previous employer, you work very closely with them. Um, those are fun projects. Um, and then there's other people that specialize in theme parks and there's other people that they have the niche where they specialize, you know, in the museum market. Um, but you're open, you're open to partnership. Absolutely, Absolutely. we are uh, we are an enabler. You know, we want to share this technology with people that uh, that can use it uh -huh. uh, it's a licensing business model so okay. we um, you know we do it on a on a project base and uh, you know we will provide the, the support and know-how especially as companies start using this technology um, on how to uh, to drive the systems and uh, you know we can even help people now do wonderful experiences like in dorm environments and, yeah. and solve the entire problem for them of the geometry the blending the alignment all of that is part of this packet solution so i love that is there any chance that we might get to see your product being used at infocom this year in las vegas well i think that's a that's a good shout out and okay. uh, you know that's certainly something that uh, that we would tr try to do all right that would be wonderful to be there all right av tweets that's your call to action there you go all right there if somebody go. wants to take their booth to the next level we'll be happy to support them yoav near nir is the gentleman to find you can find him on linkedin where do the listeners find magic core what's your website uh, www.magicor.eu. That is M A G I C O R. E U. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was actually one of the only really next-level technologies that I saw outside of the Shure DSP uh, that is all software at the entire show. So congratulations for thank showing you, me something to get excited about. I'll be tweeting about this as soon as I finish the interview. Thank you, Michelle. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great show. Thank you. All right, that was excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good show. Um, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm glad I went. It was the last year that it's going to be in Amsterdam for for a long time. It's moving to Barcelona. Now, did you cry? No, no, not at all. There was nothing to be sad about. Uh, it was, <laughs> I was a little exhausted when my flight got delayed till Monday at 7 a.m. I was a little disappointed, um, oh. but that was just a United Airlines weather condition type thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it was worth it. It's always a good show. I think I always learn something new. You know, there's only going to be incremental, I think, changes and enhancements in what we're doing. It's not right. like we're going to have something earth-shattering every year come in the industry. Right. Um, 
But I, I think uh, the constant improvements and then just connecting with people. Yeah, um, I, I definitely see a lot of stuff changing, period, in the industry. Not only in the industry and in in what we offer, Yeah. but how we're going to be forced to function as integrators and whatnot because technology is changing overall. Yeah, the conversations, you know? I think, are, are evolving. Mm-hmm. Um it used to be much more straightforward, much more cut and dry. And right. now people want to know, you know, how you integrate into basically, you know, their operating systems, if you will. Right. You know, how, how does this work with teams? How does this work with, you know. Exactly, like, yeah. No, and those those are not conversations that we've typically had to have. Right. I mean, and they're getting, more, they're getting more and more prevalent. Oh, absolutely. Now, and a lot of players into the in, in the fields now. And a lot a lot of the sourcing has, is fluid you know right now i'm running into a lot of stuff where you know it's like i can get stuff on amazon you know so the market and how how things are acquired are changing as well you know but but yeah it was good and i you know i do want to point out like so this is a very much a uh a passion project for us right mostly av so it is self-funded and and outside of some uh, quality gear being donated by the fine folks at sure and audio technica which Mm -hmm. we appreciate um you know, we're always open for sponsorship. We're always looking for more listeners as well. Absolutely. Uh, if Absolutely. anybody's interested in being a guest, just reach out. If you've got something to say, we want to talk to you. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, add to the content, you know, oh, self-feeding and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, you know, I think uh, I think it'd be nice if we did an episode with, uh, with Joe Way from the Higher Ed AV podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he does, uh, you know, he does a lot in terms of giving back. Um, he... he speaks publicly mm-hmm. he puts together virtual conferences um and i i kind of like what he's done for usc right. um in in a very short amount of time quite frankly uh he's made a real positive impact and uh so that and i was just speaking with uh, derek kelly with whitlock the other day mm-hmm. uh, we might need to do an, an episode on um, why you should let your engineers work remotely because he completely Absolutely. agrees with me and i'm not really looking for a debate on this because <laughs> I've got my opinion, and I think I'm right. So, yeah, so there's a lot of good and people. I got my opinion on that. I know. And I, I know, know I'm right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I agree, right? So, yeah, I just want an echo chamber of this is how it should be. Right. Everyone needs to get educated. Yeah. Um, and, hey, if, if, you know, I don't know, I might try and find somebody that dissents just so we can clobber them. I don't know. Yeah. You know, because I, I just, we got to use the tools we have. We have to evolve. So Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things is that, well, We'll leave it for another episode. Yeah. We'll do an episode on that strictly. So, All right. Uh, well, awesome. Th- thanks for hanging out this long for everybody. This is, has been our longest show to date. It has. But there's a lot of information involved. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Kate Calderon. Thanks to Kate. Yeah, very much thanks. Welcome her to the team. Yeah. Hope, hope we get to work with her more and more. I know. I hope so. A lot of fun. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.